Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Those that can stand to your feet. We're going to be looking at two um, verses of Scripture. One is in Galatians, the fifth chapter, verses 22 and 23. And then with your other finger, those of you that still have a paper Bible like me, <laughs> turn to uh, 1 Timothy 1, verse 12. So we'll go to Galatians 5, verse 22. Amen. Very familiar scripture. And I'm grateful, amen, to be here with you for this, uh, this momentous occasion. This church will never, ever be the same. Hallelujah. Because the church is expanding when we have good leadership, leadership that will continue to expand. And I'm excited about the vision of the man of God and what he has cast in how you are expanding, buying land, and occupy till he come. Amen. Good God Almighty. That's a military word too, isn't it? It means to take over. Good God Almighty. Take over this area in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so Galatians, the fifth chapter, and then I said 1 Timothy 1 and 12, right? All right, so let's look at this. Galatians, the fifth chapter, looking at verses 22 and 23, very, very familiar scripture. When you get there, say amen. Look at what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. First Timothy, First Timothy 1, verse 12 for this particular occasion and for content sake let's look at verse 11 11 and 12 look at what it says and these are two the ones that are being ordained today according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the fruit of the spirit. In particular, I want to talk about faithfulness. And the subtitle is God can count on me. God can count on me. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful and thankful and humble, Lord God, to come before you today. I pray that you would hide thy servant behind the cross and cover me with your blood. Let them see no man, save Jesus only. Let my lips of clay only speak the oracles of God. Think through my mind and speak through my vocal cords. You must increase. I must decrease. And I pray, Father God, that you would anoint every ear to hear what thus said the Lord and every heart to retain this truth. Use me, Lord God, as your polished shaft that I may enunciate, pronunciate, and elucidate in such a way that even a child can understand it. And we'll always give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name we pray, and every heart said amen. amen. 
and amen. Would you do me a favor and high-five three people and say high-five, I'm glad you're alive. Glad you're alive. Glad you're alive. And then tell one other person before you sit down, tell them it's all about him. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. You may have your seats in the presence of our life-changing king. To God be the glory. Amen. And so we have seen, we have seen already in Galatians, the fifth chapter, where we see where the Bible says, and the fruit of the spirit is love. And it's just that simple. The fruit, not fruits, but the fruit. This we're talking about the singularity of love. Matter of fact, there's a equivalent. Uh, there's an equivalence between God and love in 1 John where it says, and God is what? Love. Amen. But as you know, God cannot be described or articulated in any level of singularity. We are not, uh, our linguistical abilities fail us to describe God, to articulate God. And so it is when it comes to love. Love is a many splendored thing. Love is. And so love manifests itself in eight other characters or manifestation in joy, peace, long-suffering, in gentleness, goodness, faith, which is actually translated in the NIV, faithfulness, and then you have meekness, and temperance. It, am I right about it? Can I break it down a little bit further? Is that all right if I come down just a little bit to break it down? So you got number one, joy. Joy is love's strength. Because Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says, the joy of the Lord is my what? So ain't no use in asking someone to pray your strength in the Lord. Get you some joy. And sometimes in order to get joy, you got to Leap for joy. Hallelujah. Are you hearing this? And then you have peace. Somebody say peace. Peace is love's strength. Amen. Remember when Jesus was on the boat and they had no peace because of the storm. And then Jesus said, well, excuse me, love, peace is love's safety. Excuse me, it's love's safety. And remember they were not safe, but then Jesus woke up from sleep. And what did he say? He said, peace, what? Be still. And so what we're talking about is the Greek word Irene, E-I-R-E-N-E, Irene. And that happens to be my wife's middle name, Serena. That's where she has a lot of peace, amen, <laughs> brings a lot of peace into my life. So then you have joy, then you got what? Peace. And then number two, number three is long-suffering. Somebody say long-suffering. <laughs> That's the Greek word macrothumeia, which simply means to suffer along with people, to suffer along with people, and that's love's patience. Are y'all with me? That's love's patience. Then you have gentleness. That is love's conduct. Goodness is love's character. Then you got faithfulness, which is the sixth slice, what I'm going to be talking about today. And um, uh, faithfulness is love's loyalty. Write that down. Faithfulness is love's loyalty, and then you have meekness. I almost preached that when God changed the message, and that's love's humility. That is, that is strength, having control, power under divine authority. 
And then you have the last one is temperance. Somebody say temperance. That's love victory. Because if you lose your temper on whoever you, lo you lost it on, you lost. The moment that you lose your temper, that's why even when it comes to boxing, don't lose your temper. Stay in your skill. Stay in your skill because your skill will keep you still so that the devil can't kill. Are you ready for this? Are you hearing this? So we're talking about the fruit of the spirit, which is like an orange or different slices within that. Amen. Right, come on, put your hands together. If you learned something thus far. And so actually, when you're talking about the fruit of the spirit, you're talking about development, development. Sometimes you don't need deliverance, you need development. Sometimes there are times in which we are looking for a quick work. But when it comes to the fruit of the spirit, it's a progress. It takes time for fruit to develop. Am I right about it? It takes time, and you got to wait. Listen, you can't hurry, loves. You just have to wait. <laughs> you just got to wait. So there are times in which things have to develop. They have to develop in your life. It takes some time. If you have some fruit that come up overnight, then I'm telling you, I advise you, don't eat that fruit. You can't eat nothing off a chia pet. Because <laughs> a chia pet, that thing grow overnight, don't it? But you can't eat nothing off of it. And so it is when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit. And really, the fruit of the Spirit is truly, really the real evidence of the Holy Ghost because you can fake tongues, <laughs> but you can't fake love. You cannot fake love. Are you hearing this? And it takes time for that to develop in you. It takes time for joy to develop in you. So when you just fir first get saved, it doesn't mean you got all the fruit all at once. So that's why you need a good pastor that's going to be patient with you until some fruit show up. <laughs> see, one of the things about people sometimes, they won't be patient with you to see how you're developing. I may still, some people may still have a problem with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. But if we are patient enough with them, after a while, you'll start developing and you'll start celebrating the milestones in your life. At one time, I cuss 10 times a day. I'm down to five now. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I used to get angry at everything on the road when they used to put up a finger and tell me I was number one. <laughs> and I used to jump out the car. Now, because I'm developing in the fruit of the spirit, I'm not doing that as much. Are you hearing this? So it takes time to develop in the fruit of the spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, the fruit of the spirit is the real evidence that the Holy Ghost is in you. Because one thing you can't do is you can't fake love. You can't fake it. The devil can't fake love. But he can throw up a couple Shondas and Hyundas and tie tie my bow tie. He can fake all that. But when it comes to love, you can't hide it. If you mad at somebody and you upset with somebody and that fruit ain't developing. Come on, put your hands together. You're hearing this now. I want you to get it. Amen. I want you to get it. All right? All right, so when we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and we're talking about, today we're talking about faithfulness. Somebody say faithfulness. Because the rendering translation actually does not say faith. 
in the Greek is actually connected with faithfulness, which is actually found in our text in 1 Timothy 1 verse 12. So there are three degrees of faith. Are y'all ready for this? Write this down. Number one, you have the faith, the faith. And the faith, the faith, remember when Paul said, I have finished my course, I have what? Kept what? The faith. Write this down. The faith is the totality of Christianity. It's the totality. So when we say a person is in the faith, we're talking about the totality of Christianity. Then you have number two, you have faith, faith. Faith is the power to act in divinity. And then you got number three, which is faithfulness, which is the key element of loyalty. Are you hearing this? So faithfulness is love's loyalty. Say that. Faithfulness is love's loyalty. And I need you to see the difference between the two. Go to uh, Hebrews, the 11th chapter and the 6th verse. While you're getting there, let me quote. Uh, Hebrews 11, verse 1 through 3, so you can understand where I'm coming from. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2 says, for by, by it the elders obtained a good report. Verse 3 says, through faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. Then it moves from principle, and then it moves into personal, and it says, by faith, able. <laughs> Are you hearing this? Why did it go from principle to personal? Because we learn more through people than principles. God could have easily wrote the whole Bible in principle form, but he knows that we learn more through imitation than education. We learn everything from other people. One of the most popular magazines in America still is what? People magazine, because we learn more from people. Then it moves back into principle. Verse 6, it says, but without faith, it is what? Impossible to what? Please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So number one, watch this. God admires faith. The whole Hebrews, the 11th chapter, deals with people that he admires, and he canonized them in Scripture into what's called God's Hall of Fame of Faith. People who operated so powerfully in faith that he enshrined them. And that's what we all trying to do. If you're playing any type of professional sport, you're not just playing it to play it. One day you want to play it so well that God would, that you would be enshrined into the NFL Hall of Fame. Enshrined into the NBA Hall of Fame. Why is that? Why is that? And I'm talking to these that are ordained. Work like never before. Hallelujah. Are you hearing this? And so God admires faith. He admires faith. But turn to um, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2, 1 and 2. Let's go there. He admires faith. Look at your neighbor and say, he admires faith. God admires when you get in faith. It's something about God that will take note when you get in faith. It's something about God that when he saw those three Hebrew boys in the fire, he said, my, my, my. I got to do something about these boys in the fire. Why? Because they had faith, didn't they? Because anytime you see someone who has cut the fire up seven times hotter and they still maintain their faith, 
They said, we're not careful to answer you in this matter, for our God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. Number two, he will deliver us out of your hand. But then number three, you always got to have number three, even if he don't. Even if he don't, we will not bow. Hallelujah. And God, I just believe in this. He said, my, 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 because he admires faith. He said, I can't let them boys go through the fire by themselves. And when they threw him in, Nebuchadnezzar got close enough and said, I threw three into the fire. But I see four and the fourth one. Let's like the son of God. Hallelujah. So a crisis is not a time to lose your faith. It's a, it is a time to learn about the one you got your faith in. Nobody knows who Christ is sometimes until you're going through something and you don't act like what they act like when they was going through because you got the fourth man in the fernie, fiery, fiery. Come on, put your hands together. Y'all trying to make me preach. Sometimes people don't know who God is to how we handle our situations. When there's a temptation to get a divorce, it's Christ in me. Hallelujah. The hope of glory that keeps me together when I want to leave. Are you hearing this? I'm talking to somebody in here right now. I feel like Mr. Rogers. And don't push me because I'm close to the edge, brother. Hallelujah. You may have been on the edge of the bed last night and didn't want him to even touch your toe. You better watch it now. You better watch it now. But when you got Christ, it's something about Christ that will melt your heart to forgive. You're going to be married a long time. You better learn how to forgive each other. You got to learn how to say, I'm sorry. Man, I done learned that art. I done been on that side of the bed so many times. I'm sorry. Don't leave me, baby. Please, baby, baby. Sing the blues and all that stuff. Don't leave me. <laughs> Are you hearing this? Because why? We're better together, ain't we? We're better. We're better together. Are you hearing this? All right, so 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1 and 2. Is it up there? 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1 and 2. What does it say? It says, let, let a man so account of us as ministers of Christ and stewards of what? The mysteries of God. Go to verse 2. What does it say? Moreover, here it is. It is required in stewards that a man be found. So God admires faith, but he requires faithfulness. Don't just stay in faith because that's what he admires, but he requires. Oh, good God Almighty. So I want to talk to you uh, today about um Four points of faithfulness. Number one, and I probably won't get to the last two. Number one, I want to talk about the meaning of faithfulness. The meaning of faithfulness. And then number two, I want to talk about the measure of faithfulness. And then number three, I want to talk about the mentor of faithfulness. And then number five, excuse me, four, the mastery of faithfulness. I, I will only, for time's sake, because I don't want to be a long-winded preacher and take liberties where I shouldn't, I want to talk about the four marks of faithfulness 
but just two of them I can deal with, which is the meaning and the measure. The meaning and the measure. Number one, what does it mean? What does it mean to be faithful? What does it mean to be faithful? Well, there's a contrast in Greek words there. The word faith in the Greek is the word P-I-S-T-I-S, pistis. You ever heard that word before? Pistis in the Greek. And it really means, it translates to one word, which is trust. It's trust. And it's connected with the word believe. They're uh, both connected with one another, believe and trust. They're really kind of tied together. And so I like also the Greek word for belief, which is pisteo, P-I-S-T-E-U-O, which means to give credit to, to give credit to. That means that in our, even in our um, credit system, that means that you can get something without showing money. Am I right about it? That means that you can go into a store, and if your credit is at a certain level, you don't have to show them any money. Am I right about it? That's because, because they say they believe that you will come through with a future payment. And so God's saying the same thing. Why don't you give him some credit? Give him some credit. Why does he need to show? Hasn't he done enough? Why, why do you have to have the Jerry Maguire religion? Show me the money. Why, why, why does God have to keep continually showing you? Hadn't he shown you enough? Because when it comes to credit, what it is is that in order for them to extend you future credit, what they do is they, they go into your past, look at your past ability. And God said, if you want to check out my credit report, go into the Old Testament and ask Abraham, will I come through for him? Check me out. Run a credit check on me. Matter of fact, you can go out of the abstract and go into the concrete. Ask your grandmother. Will he come through for you? Ask your mother and baby them. Ask them if God will come through. Are you hearing this? Because sometimes we need some credit references. Are, are, are y'all hearing this? But I ain't come to preach about that. I came to preach about faithful, faithful. Somebody say faithful. Faithful is the Greek word pistos, P-I-S-T-O-S, which is in uh, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2, is the Greek word faithful, or watch this, let's invert it through metathesis, full faith. Full faith. That's not a person that just gives by faith. They tithe. By faith, this is a person that is full of faith that continually tithes. <laughs> Not hit and miss. And if I had to talk to the finance department, oh, my Lord. <laughs> so you see, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And actually it translates from trust, watch this, pistols is trustworthy. And if you're going to be in ministry, you got to be trustworthy, meaning that I don't have to think about if you are working for the Lord. Because you have proved yourself trust. Oh, this is good. Isn't this good? Trustworthy. So one of the things about God, he requires, he requires faithfulness. Are you hearing this? All right, we're talking about the meaning, the meaning, excuse me. The, the meaning of faithfulness. So y'all ready for this? Now, these are some words I just want to define for you 
if you're talking about the meaning of faithfulness, number one, you have to be, write this down, available. 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 And the greatest ability. See, we'll never know about your gifts, your talents, because all of us got some gifts, talents, and ability. But the greatest ability is availability. Because if you're not here, we don't know what you can do. So it's availability, availability, availability. Lord, I'm available to you. Not when football season is on or basketball season. I'm, I'm always, watch this, available, available. Number two, number two, I like this one, accountable, accountable. So you got availability. Next is accountability. And if you're going to be in ministry, somebody have to uh, be able to account for you, account for you, accountability. That starts with, number one, being on time. Oh, Lord, hallelujah. Don't make me moonwalk in here now. On time, every time, all the time. Can y'all say that with me? On time, every time, all the time. Not sometimes, because we're talking about faithfulness. This is what it means to be faithful. So you got, number one, availability. Number two, accountability. Then number three is responsibility. Responsibility. And the key word is response. Response versus unresponsive. And you don't want to hear that in emergency terms, do you? That a person is what? But it's the same way if someone calls you and you don't answer your phone. You're unresponsive. Isn't that something that you call some people? I had a friend of mine. I was calling him. And I was driving to his house at the same time. And it just went to voicemail. So he opened the door while I'm on the phone. I picked up his phone. I said, you see this? Me, don't you? What you doing? You cannot be unresponsive in, in ministry. Somebody say responsibility. So it starts with uh, availability, accountability, responsibility. Number four is reliability. Somebody say, I need to be reliable. That means when you're talking about reliable, you're talking about you can put some weight on them. Are y'all ready for this? Proverbs 25, verse 19. Put it up there. I'm gone now. I'm just, I'm out here now. Availability, accountability. What else? Responsibility. Now we're on what? Reliability. Then it says confidence in an unfaithful man in the time of trouble is like a broken what? And a what? Have you ever had just a twisted ankle? I ain't say broken. I remember last time I was here. <laughs> Last I was here, you can't put no weight on that. I want you to know, uh, uh, those that are getting ordained, your pastor, these elders, they're going to want to put some weight on you, and you can't be unfaithful because if you're unfaithful, it's like, oh, can't put no weight there. Are you hearing this? Do you have the NIV? Do you have the NIV? Put it up in the NIV because I want to show you we're talking about reliability. Can I rely on you? Can I rely on you? I remember one time Elisha, you know, Elisha, he, he uh, in our house, and a lot of times I'll be downstairs sometimes, and my wife is constantly calling me. She said, Lamont, 
Look like, I'm like, and Elisha's upstairs. Won't you call on him? I got rebuked by God. You know what he said? He said, Elisha ain't her man. I said, Lord, I said, Lord, I'm helping somebody. All the women should say amen. I don't care if you got got no grown kids. Call your son. Call your daughter. That ain't your man. (laughs) The NIV. Let me read out the NIV. It says, like a broken tooth or a lame foot is reliance on an unfaithful in the time of trouble. Isn't that something? That means you can't rely on them. You can't, really, you can't put no weight there. And I want you to know, my wife, I told her, I'm here to help you. Anything you need, you can put some weight on me. And she do too, don't you? you know, and she do. She will. I need, I need, I left my lunch at home. I'm there. I'll be right there. Don't worry about it. Are you hearing this? My, I'm telling you, are you hearing this? And then lastly, lastly is dependability. Dependab- can I depend on you? Can I depend on you? And I want you to know, young folks, before you get married, or, and even some older folks, you don't need no dependence until you dependable. Are you hearing this? We got to get rid of this sexual irresponsibility with all these little saints showing up. <laughs> and the system got to take care of them. When are you going to be, oh, Lord, have mercy, dependable? Dependable. You got to be dependable. If you're in ministry, I don't care how powerful I preach and how much I sing. Thank God for all that. Somebody got to be able to depend on you. Look at your neighbor said, I want to be available. I want to be accountable. I want to be what else? Responsible. Then I want to be what? Reliable. And I want to be what? Now, come on, put your hands together. Oh, this is good. Isn't this good? Isn't this good? Oh, this is good. God is so good to us. I want to be all that. And I pray that as we move into our ordination service, that we will be able to be found this way. Am I right about it? All right, so now we move into the measure. Somebody say the measure. The measure of faithfulness. Can y'all take at least 15 more minutes of this? Is this okay? All right, so number, so we want to talk about the measure. Somebody say the measure. The measure of faithfulness is to, the measure of faithfulness is in loyalty. Somebody say loyalty. Loyalty, loyalty, and it has a twofold definition when we're talking about being loyal. Loyalty is very important. Very important. So, number one, there's a twofold definition for loyalty. Number one is integrity. Somebody say integrity. Somebody say integrity. And then number two is fidelity. I'm rhyming real good today. In a, I'm rhyming real good today. So, you got in loyalty. So, we, what did we say? We said that faithfulness is love's loyalty, but in loyalty, there is integrity and fidelity. What does it mean to have integrity? It means undivided and unbroken commitment to the truth. Undivided and, 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 and unbroken commitment to the truth. That means truth at all costs. It don't matter how this make me look. I'm telling 
the truth. When you go to court, do you swear to tell the truth? What? The whole truth and nothing nothing but the truth. That's integrity. In order, when we're talking about integrity, we're we're talking about a person that stays together under pressure. Anybody ever been in the Navy here? In the Navy. You got one brother, another brother back there in the Navy. You know, when they make these battleships, one of the things that they, whenever a torpedo comes, and it, one of the things the hull has to maintain is what? Integrity for it to stay afloat. Why? Why? Integrity means that I will not let something else come in and open up and cause me not to have the same character before I stayed in, before I went into it. And so many of us, when it comes to our kids, a lot of times, oh, I hear something. God, I hear you. Is that we have to speak into our kids and strengthen their integrity before they go into these pressurized jobs. And some of us, I have to be honest with you, are scared to let our kids out into these jobs because you got them coded on the outside, but not but not strengthened on the inside. And so what you try to do is you try to isolate them instead of insulating them. Good God Almighty. Are you hearing this? Especially our generation. Our generation, we try to shelter and shield, don't we? Try to make everything so easy. You know why? Because the previous generation, they didn't make it easy for us. And we feel sorry for our kids, and we say, I don't want them to have it like I had it. What's wrong with how you had it? Because you wouldn't be who you are. You wouldn't be who you are without the things you went through. I'm reminded of Jacob. He tried to hide Joseph, didn't he? Put a coat of many colors on him, didn't he? But God had a plan for him. You can't hide your kids from God. Y'all looking at me real funny. I'll preach this thing up in here. Y'all thought that that Jesse forgot about David. He didn't forget about David. He was hiding David. He said, take all them, but don't take David. But when God is after your kids, you can run, but you can't hide. Are you hearing this? Some of this stuff is what, what make you, what make you who you are. Let God make your kids who they are. My son, I mean, he was kind of sheltered, sent him through basic training. Man, this boy crushed. Y'all took care of me so good. <laughs> I told him, Air Force basic training, you ain't even been through nothing, man. <laughs> we talk about the Air Force all the time. Though. Are you hearing this? Because it's what is God. God is the one that want to make you who you are. Are you hearing this? All right, so we said that it's, we said that, Loyalty has two. It's integrity. Next is fidelity. Somebody say fidelity. Fidelity. So fidelity, um, the Latin word is fidelis. And, you, of course, you hear this. I'm, no, I'm all over the place when it comes to the military. So with the Marines, it's semper fidelis. It means, <laughs> and it means always faithful. That means I'm going to stay faithful. And then when we put them both together, put it both together when we say, what is loyalty? That's a person that binds themselves 
to a cause. I'm bound to the cause of making new generation a church for the ages. Today, when you get ordained, you're binding yourself to a cause. That means I'm loyal. I'm loyal in two ways. I'm committed to God, and I'm connected to leadership. I'm going to say it again. I'm committed to God, and I'm connected to leadership. Are you hearing this? This is so important. And so when you're talking about this, you're talking about I am committed to truth. Somebody say truth. That's important. Truth and lie went swimming. They went skinny dipping. They left their clothes at the bank. Lie got back before truth and put on true clothes and walked through town with true clothes on. And everybody, oh, my Lord, look at him. He's strut. That's a bad man. But he's moving real fast, real fast, though. And everybody's excited about this dressed up lie. Truth got back said, I refuse to put on lies clothes. I have integrity. And walked through town. Everybody was jeering and sneering. Oh, my Lord, because everybody likes a dressed up lie, but nobody likes the naked truth. Nobody. Are you hearing this? Likes the naked truth. I'm staying with truth no matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter who it separate me from or identify me with. Now write this down. I hear you, God. Every lie has an expiration date. God Almighty. Every lie has an expiration date. It's just a matter of time. And notice that lies always move real fast. But truth is always walking. You will never find one scripture where Jesus ran anywhere. What he got to run for? He take his time. And when he knew Lazarus was dead, he waited four more days. <laughs> and walked into Bethany. I could just imagine. Just <laughs> Lord, had you been here, my brother would not have died. He said, listen, it's real simple. When I get here, God Almighty, when I get here, that's when it's on. I want to tell somebody in here today, God is never late. He ain't on your timetable. Let him take his time. Why does he need to take his time? Because you're in such a hurry that you leave something on the table. God don't want you to leave nothing on the table. Take your time. Look at your name and say, take your time. I'm talking about love's loyalty. Love's, love, love, love's loyalty. Love's loyalty is faithfulness. Somebody say faithfulness. Come on, put your hands together if you're hearing this. I love this. I love this. Amen. All right, so let's, uh, I want to just give you a, and I won't be able to get to all of it, but I want you to, um, I want to give you an archetype and an ensample of a faithful person, and that's in 2 Samuel 11. Just turn it. 2 Samuel 11, 6 through 17. We won't go through all of it. Would you, do, you, do you trust that I have enough Bible in me to give it to you straight? I want to talk about Uriah the Hittite. You remember Uriah the Hittite? Bible says he was off at war. And David, and I'm going to have to see David one day. <laughs> so I got to be real careful what I'm about to say. 
But David was a man after God's own heart, wasn't he? Really, it's only really one time that he really messed up and crossed God. I'm talking about it was egregious to God. And in particular, it was this time when David saw Uriah's wife while he was at war, took her, impregnated her, and then called Uriah back. You got to watch out when you got power. You got to watch out when you got power because you can do some egregious things while you're in power. And then tried to get the man to come back and have relations with his wife and act like, because there wasn't no DNA back then. <laughs> and then he had no grandmamas that looked at the baby and say, that ain't. <laughs> Before Dana, they was granny boy. No. No, that ain't your baby. <laughs> Don't nobody in our family look like that. <laughs> and so David, David tried to, David tried to get the man, but the man has so much loyalty, has so much integrity and fidelity that he said that he laid down in David's palace. And David said, why didn't you go? He said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I will not do that. We got men that's out in the field, and I'm going to have comfort with my wife. Then David got fancy with it, said, now I'm going to get the man drunk. But he has so much integrity. He was so faithful that even in a drunken state, he said, I'll lie at the door. I will not go in. I will not betray. And then David did something that really it hurt the heart of God. He sent a note that had his death to execute him by, the, by Joab. And he sent it by the man's hand because he knew he had that much integrity that he wouldn't open it. Gave it to Joab, and when the firefight got real, say, I want y'all to retire. I want y'all to recess back. And the man died because David was trying to cover his sin. Very egregious to the point where it activated David's prophet, Nathan. And he had to step real light with, with David, didn't he? And came with a story. He said that was a man that had many sheep. Am I in the Bible, y'all? But there was a man that had one little ewe lamb, precious to him. And he took it and killed the man. And David, because sin, a lot of times, is caught up in pride. You can't even see yourself when you're egregious in sin like that. And the scripture says that David said, what shall happen to the man, Nathan said? He said, that man shall surely die. And Nathan said, thou art the man. And David broke and pinned the 51st Psalm that helps us today to come out of some sin. Are you hearing this? To the point in Matthew's gospel, turn to Matthew. I'm going to tell you how power about loyalty and faithfulness. Turn to Matthew uh, 1. Turn there real quick. Matthew 1, verses 5 through 6. I won't be able to get to all of it. Oh, my Lord, I won't be able to get to all of it. But I want to show it to you. Matthew 1, verses 5 and 6. And we'll read that. And then we'll maybe two more scriptures and we'll be done, okay? All right, Matthew's Gospel 1, verse 5 and 6. 
I'm going to show you how powerful this is. It says, and Salmon begot Bo, uh, which is Boaz, Boaz, and of Rahab. And Boaz begot Obed, Ruth. And Obed begot who? Jesse. And then it says, and Jesse begot David, the king. And David, the king, begot Solomon of her that had been the wife of who? When you faithful, God won't even blot you out of his lineage. He has so much integrity and fidelity. That's how I know the Bible is not tampered with. Because if it was tampered with, David and these men would have covered it up. It said this man had a baby with another man's wife. It's in the Bible. And when you got integrity, when you loyal to God, God said, I'm going to canonize this whole thing forever in the canon of Scripture. Come on, put your hands together if you're hearing this. Loyalty. And even if you don't get, get God then, you will get God if you don't have no integrity. Are you hearing this? Oh, my Lord. I really want to do, deal with this other point. I can't do it, though. Now, how was God measure faithfulness? Turn to Luke's gospel, 16, 16, verses 10 through 12. Now, how does he measure it? Because we're still on measuring faithfulness because faithfulness is measured, measured, measured. Are you ready for this? It said, he that is faithful in that which is what? Is faithful also in that which is what? And he that is unjust in the least is unjust in what? Also in what? Now, this is how God measures faithfulness. He don't put more on you than you can handle. It's in increments. It starts with little tasks. No one becomes a pastor overnight, elder overnight. If, if, if you do, again, you're dealing with the chia pet again. But it's in increments. Look at verse 11. If therefore you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the what? Unrighteous mammon, that's money. But true riches are souls. Are you hearing this? One other, I think it, it could be 13, but one, it says if you haven't been faithful in another man's, then who's going to give you your own? And it always, it's always astounding to me when you see these people that start these ministries, Pastor, and they've never been faithful in another man's ministry. And they're believing God for a mega church. They never served anyone. There is no, there is no record of you serving anywhere. But all of a sudden, you're going to erect a ministry and think. And while you preaching, you still believe in God after 15 years in ministry, three people. Because you have not, because you can't, you can't skip the steps. It'll always catch up with you. Are you hearing this? Now, as I close, I'm closing, I promise, and I don't want to hold you that much longer. I want you to look at Galatians. Turn to Galatians. Read verse 6. And then we'll look at verse 9. Galatians 3, verse 6. And then we'll look at verse 9. We'll close here. And I want to talk about another archetype, which is Abraham. <laughs> you talking about faithful. Do you know at one time God was locked out of the earth? And it took Abraham to get him back in. Look at this. Look at verse 6. It says, even as Abraham believed God, and it was what? Accounted a, a to him for righteousness. He has some 
imputed righteousness because he believed God. Now look at verse 9. I want to show you this. Look at what it says. It says, so then they which be of faith are what? Blessed with who? With faithful Abraham. With faithful Abraham. Abraham was faithful. Abraham was a faithful man of God. He stayed with God through different seasons. Be instant in season and out of season. For the time will come that they will not endure sound doctrine. And he needed Abraham. God needed Abraham to bring him back into the earth. And in Genesis, I don't have time. I believe it's around about. Let me make sure I get the right scripture for you, okay? In Genesis, actually, 22 verses 10 through 22, remember when he took Isaac, he took his only son. God said, listen, now, in order for me to get my son in the earth, I need someone to do it on the earth. That's why we pray the prayer we pray, don't we? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is, as it is. In other words, God says, I need somebody to work it out on earth so I can work something from heaven down to earth. And if I can find a man that would give his only begotten son, then I can give mine. And I have to have somebody that's faithful to do it. Not gifted, faithful to do it. I need you, faithful Abraham. Just like in this time, God needs you to be faithful. When you get ordained today, mark in your mind, mark in your heart, I'm going to be faithful. He needed Abraham. So Abraham took his son, didn't he? He took his son, and the Bible says that he was with a whole group of men, an entourage, per se, and he didn't even know where to go. And the scripture says that when he got to a certain place, when he got to a certain place, he said, me and the lad are going yonder and we shall return. There are some times in which it's going to be just you and God. And you got to be faithful. Regardless, see, it's not following the crowd. It's following the cloud. It's following God. Am I, are you right about this? And the Bible says, now, I know it says this in the Bible. I'm not cussing. He told them to stay with the asses. Oh, when you go in somewhere, you got to tell some people, y'all got to stay with the, oh, Lord. Are you hearing it? Because where I'm going with God, I can't take you with me. And when he got there, he got to a place called Mount Moriah. And when he got up there, he couldn't even tell his son what he was really doing. Am I right about it? But Isaac was smart. I don't know why y'all name Isaac pick up on stuff quick. He said, I see the fire. I see the wood. Where is the sacrifice? But when you faithful, you always talking faith talk. Listen to what he said. He said, son, the Lord will provide himself will provide himself an offering. Are you hearing this? He actually said a lamb. And as he was walking up on one side, I feel like preaching all of a sudden, he's walking up on one side with Isaac. On the other side of the mountain, there's a ram coming up on the other side. There are times in which you're doing something and you're faithful and you can't see the reward of your faithfulness, but every step you take, on the other side where you can't see it, your blessing is taking a step with you. 
But if you take a step back, your blessing, take a step back. But if you move forward, hallelujah, forward action in trusting him. I can't see you. I can't trace you. But yet I trust you. And he kept moving up the mountain. And Isaac then becomes like a type of the Lord Jesus Christ who became obedient unto death. Because he was a lad. He could have overtook his father. But he submitted himself just like Christ our Lord. Sound just like him. Got his back on some wood. And he let him bound him. The Bible said it, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Hallelujah. And put a rope around him. And the Bible says in Abraham, Abraham, he uh, raised up the knife. And I'm telling you, he was about to come down and kill his son. And then an angel from heaven said, Abraham, Abraham, stay thy hand. Now watch this. Now I want you to hear me real good. He said, now I know. I thought God knew everything. Why would he tell Abraham, now I know? Because he needs you to know that I know you faithful. I ain't finished yet. Then he said, look over your shoulder. And there was a ram caught in the thicket. I want you to know when you get to where God told you to get and you're faithful to doing what God told you to do, God will keep in place. That ram tried to get. He couldn't get out. Why? Because what God got for you is for you. Hallelujah. Thing that I like about God it's because in nature, rams don't climb that high. But God will work a miracle on your behalf. He'll open doors where there has been no, I'm preaching right now, I'm prophesying. Some of you have some closed doors. They about to open back up because you got to make a decision right now. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. If you ain't been tithing, get faithful again. If you ain't been coming to church on a regular basis, get faithful again. For God admires faith, but he requires faithfulness. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, stand to your feet. I don't want to prolong the service. As we stand here in God's presence, not only the ones that are being ordained today, my prayer is that we all become faithful. Come on, raise your hands in the presence of the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, we're so grateful. We are thankful. We're humbled to hear what we've heard today. And Lord God, we make a fresh commitment of faithfulness. Like the unbroken band ring that's on married people's finger, it's unbroken and undivided truth. We commit to the we commit, Lord God, to, we're committed to God. And today, I pray that these who are being ordained and lifted up today will be connected to leadership. We bless you. We honor you. We love you for all that you've said to us today. 
And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And every heart said amen.